Before we start our song, I just want to introduce our speaker. Some of you have not had the privilege or opportunity to meet him. He is Pastor Hanks, and he's out of Lawrence, Kansas. He's a pastor there, and the Lord's using him in a mighty way there in Lawrence, Kansas, to reach that community and actually to reach around the world through his publications and his writing. He writes a number of books and publications as well. Um, I just want you to know he's a man of God uh, after God's own heart, from what I can tell. And I mean to tell you, we have been blessed this week. And if you missed it, you missed it. It's been so good. And I appreciate your prayers, though. If you've been praying for us this week, great. I'm glad you're here today. You are going to be glad you are, too. He's going to come and preach in just a few moments. They have a Bible college there. They have a Christian school. They've got a print ministry. They've got a camp, I believe, as well. And I mean, there's a lot going on in Lawrence, Kansas, a direct result of Pastor Hanks and his vision. And today, he's going to share with us about missions. We talked about Faith Promise the first uh, last Sunday we talked about it a little bit, and then on Wednesday, or on Thursday, we talked about it some more. But again, you'll have an opportunity if you are a part of our church, if you attend regularly, to be a part of that, to give, to join in and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Boy, what a blessing that is, to be able to be a part of reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Hanks is going to come in just a moment when Brother Josh and I are finished. It would be worth every mile. 
Well, that was a blessing, wasn't it? I'm not sure what to think about pastors who can sing and preach both. I think they're not right with God myself. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, I, I was telling him earlier, it's nice when a pastor can sing because really the pastor's supposed to be leader of the leader of the worship service, and I, I struggle in that area. Uh, I like to sing, but I don't want to sing around people. Uh, I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but uh, anyway, I enjoyed his singing and his son, that's for sure. I've enjoyed my uh, time being here. Again, to, looking forward to today what the Lord has for us. I got to teach uh, in Brother Steve Kavanaugh's class. I'm, that was a young adults class, I'm pretty sure, that I was in. And, um, but, the, but the Kavanaugh gets up to introduce me and he says, we're looking forward to the missions conference being over. <laughs> okay, now how are you supposed to take that? All right. I mean, I think what he meant is they're looking forward to the missions conference to see what the Lord's going to do at the end of the conference. But I look at it as I'm about to teach his class and he introduces it by saying, I'm glad this thing's about over. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. But anyway, it's been a blessing being here. Thanks again for all your hospitality. I appreciate your preacher's hospitality also and his wife. But again, it's been a blessing uh, to be here. I want you to grab your Bible and turn over to Philippians ship number four this morning. Philippians ship number four. Listen, missions conference is one of the most important times of any church's life, and you already know that. What you're going to decide even today, for many of you of your members, as far as what you're going to give to missions for the coming year, will really decide how many more missionaries you can support and how you're going to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. And so it is a very, very important Sunday as well as a very, very important decision. Philippians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are the premier passages that are used for missions giving. Missions giving is not something that the pastor came up with or the church came up with in order to try to get, to get people to give to missions. It's a biblical principle uh, in the scriptures. And so we're going to look at that this morning out of Philippians chapter 4 and kind of walk through some of this together. And then I want to just preach a message on this thought this morning on what giving to missions does for you. What giving to missions does for you. And again, I think you'll see it very clearly from scripture. Look at Philippians chapter 4 now. Look at verse number 10. The Bible says this, but I rejoiced. In the Lord greatly. Now, the I there being Apostle Paul, Paul says, I rejoiced greatly uh, in verse 10, and now at the last, your care of me hath, nour- hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Church family, let me just stop for a second here. If you, I want to make sure you understand what's going on in the passage here. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. He's writing to them because they gave him a gift to help take care of his needs as a missionary. And so when he says in verse number 10, he says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, and now at the last at your care. What what Apostle Paul, the missionary, is saying, he's saying, I rejoice that you gave to me. And I'm just telling you, when you look at it from the missionary's perspective, the missionary is happy when you give. And I know what you're thinking. Well, they should be because they're getting our money. All righty. But that's not what missionary work's about, is about money. By the way, missionary work is about the mission. What's the great commission? It's to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. But can I just tell you that while missionaries who are human go to the foreign field, they're also happy that somebody gives to meet their needs so they can meet somebody else's need. All right, so Paul says, I rejoiced. He goes on to say in verse number 11, not that I speak in respect of want or, or lack, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, That means to bring low, and I know how to abound. That means to be in excess. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Let's say verse 13 together. We all know it. Ready? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, that's a good verse, but that was a missionary verse. That was the missionary who said, I can do all things through Christ. I know how to to abound. I know how to be abased. I know how to have much. I know how to have little. 
Listen to me. Missionary work is not about a job or making a living. A living. It's about doing God's will for their life of getting the gospel on a foreign field. And by the way, that's part of God's will for our life also. I might not ever go to Germany or Australia or the Philippines, but by sending a missionary, I'm doing what God told me to do by getting the gospel to a lost and dying world by sending somebody to missions, all right? Now this morning, I'm going to run for a little bit. I want to teach and talk for a moment on what does giving to missions do for us. But would you pray while I pray and ask God's blessing on his word this morning, all right? Now please listen. I grew up in church, by the way, and I've gone to church all of my life, and I've been in many services where when the pastor said to pray, that I didn't know what went on, but when he said amen, it woke me back up. I hope this morning that you'll ask the Lord to speak to your heart this morning from his word, you personally. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for letting us be here this morning. Would you again fill us with your spirit? Lord, let's pray it again and again and again. We want you to meet with us. Lord, this missions conference, I don't know if people have already decided. There might be some undecided. Lord, would you please show us what you'd have us to give this year to faith promise missions that we might get the gospel to the world. Help us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, this morning's message seems very selfish in the sense that I'm going to preach and teach from this passage on what missions does for you. And we think to ourselves, wait a second, it's not about what my giving does for me, but I'm just trying to tell you that there's, it just happens. It's not like you can give and God's just going to let you give and nothing happen. God says, if you give, now we're not talking about tithing this morning, we're talking about missions giving. Tithing is that 10% that already belongs to God. That's not even a question. If I don't give my tithe, I'm stealing from the Lord. This is the bottom line. We are talking about missions, which is an offering above our tithe, which again shows God that we love him, but it helps us get the gospel to the, to the lost and uh, dying. If you're with me this morning, you say amen. amen. I see your faces, but I can't see them very clearly this morning, so I can't tell if you're with me. So I, if you don't, at least nod your head. If you'll smile, you don't have to get up and run the aisles, okay? But if you can just at least smile this morning, that would be very, very helpful, all right? Now, I want you to notice what Paul says here. In verse number 10, he says, I rejoice. In, in, in verse number 11, uh, Paul says, I, I'm content with what I have. In verse number 12 and 13, he says, I'm going to trust God. I can do all things. So as the missionary, he says, listen, I understand that if you give or if you don't give, this is God's calling on my life. I'm going to go to the foreign field. All right. Uh, we've supported a bunch of missionaries over the years. I had a missionary come to our church one time that was a missionary. He came and uh, he got to the foreign field and didn't, he stayed three months. And he said, I didn't have a burden for those people. Can I just tell you, missionaries do not go to the foreign field because they are burdened. Missionaries go to the foreign field because they are called. So when you're supporting missionaries, you're supporting somebody that God called to that particular place. I'm an American. How many Americans say amen? amen. I'm glad I'm an American. All right. And I'm about as American as you can be. I'm thankful for where I'm at. These guys that want to burn the flag, I don't have a problem with that. If they would just wrap it around their body before they light the flag, we'll be okay. <laughs> this is crazy. You don't like America, go somewhere else. We live in the greatest country in the world, and God has blessed us. And I don't care what all these dinglings want to say that we're not a Christian nation. We were founded on the Bible. And I'm thankful that I'm an American. I'm thankful for being in America. And when I take missions trips, I just want to tell you, I'm excited to come back to America. So if somebody wants to go to a foreign field, and yes, they should be called, I'm glad they're going and I'm not. I know, I, this doesn't, I'm not sounding very spiritual, I'm sorry. I went to the Ukraine, and I was doing it years ago, and I was doing, I've been there a couple times, and I was doing a, a youth camp. And I'm telling you, that was as rustic as can be. This youth camp was rustic. I mean, they took, I, I mean, I got on a plane, I got on a train, I got on a bus. I mean, we went out into nowhere land. 
And when we went there to Nowhere Land, their facilities were not like the United States of America. I mean, they didn't even have stalls. There was no privacy. I'm just telling you. And when you walked into the restroom, the, st- the smell was so strong, it would knock you over. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not lying to you. So when I got there to the camp and I noticed what their bathroom facilities were, I said, this is not going to happen. I did not eat all week because I want to take a chance having to go to that restroom. <laughs> I lost nine pounds that week. So if you're, you want a diet that works, go to the Ukraine. All right. I'm just telling, I'm thankful that God's placed me in the United States of America, and I think in my heart I'm willing to go. But can I just tell you, there are people that God has called to go to the foreign field. We have an opportunity to support them. Now, I want to tell you what it does for you as a Christian. Let's look at your Bible now, and let's pick it back up. I'm going to pick up in verse 13. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He's talking about missionary support. Whether I get support or not, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Verse 14, what's the first word in verse 14? Notwithstanding, in other words, I can do all things through Christ. Notwithstanding, ye have, talking about the church at Philippi, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, the word communicate means to share in company. That you communicated, you shared my affliction. How? Verse 15. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning, what's the word? Giving and receiving, but ye only. Now, I'm not going to stay here, but I at least want to say it, okay? Missions giving goes through a church. How do we know that? Because Paul said, no church communicated with me. I know there's people all over that think, well, I don't need to give through my local church. I'll just give to the missionary directly. I think biblically you ought to give to the, through the local church because Paul said no church communicated with me. All right. Are you still okay? Say amen. amen. All right. We're over with that. Let's go to the real stuff. All right. You ready? Verse number 16. For even in Thessalonica, ye, the church at Philippi, sent once and again unto my necessity. Now here's where we're picking up. Verse 17. What does missions giving do for you? Look what Paul said to the church at Philippi. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire, what's the word? Fruit that may abound to your account. Fruit that may abound to your account. Now, I just want to, if I can illustrate this morning like this, okay? This is what takes place. Paul says that when you give to missions, that God is keeping record up in heaven, and he says that there is fruit that is given to your account. All right, now, since Brother Steve was so mean to me this morning, I borrowed a dollar from him, all right? (laughs) I'm not sure I'm going to give it back to him, by the way. All right. How many know Brother, Brother Kavanaugh? You know Brother Kavanaugh? How many realize that Brother Kavanaugh needs prayer? He's got problems in life. All right. I would pray for his wife. She's married to him. All right. All right. Now, we're going to pretend this morning. Do you mind helping me this morning? All right. It's his dollar. Who cares? All right. All right. So, so the offering plate comes by, and you give your tithe and your offering. Part of your offering is your missions. Now, church family, I'm telling you legitimately, this is what this verse means. Paul said, he says, I didn't desire a gift, but I desired fruit that may abound to your account. So here's what takes place. On a Sunday morning, the offering plate comes by our Sunday night, and you put your faith promise missions in, all right? We're going to pretend that's her, not another tithe, but her missions giving. She puts her missions giving in. God, Paul said that when you gave to missions, that it was fruit to your account. Now, we're going to illustrate this morning this way. The teenage section over here is going to represent missionaries, all right? This guy here, he looks like he's from Africa, okay? Uh, this guy here is from Australia. You're from the Philippines. Um, how did you end up in the teen section? 
He don't look like a teenager. <laughs> We're going to pretend you're from the, the Ukraine. You're from Mexico. All of these are missionaries that are, have felt God's call in their life to go to the foreign field. And they're winning people to Jesus Christ. And Paul says, because you gave the missions at your local church, it was fruit to your account. Now, I just trust the word of God. I can't see it literally. But Apostle Paul wasn't lying. He was under the inspiration of God. Here's what takes place. She put her dollar in for Faith Promise Missions. This Community Baptist Church sends missionary money around the world. And then the missionaries, missionaries come, put fruit in my account. In that lady's account over there, when she put her missions money in, the Bible says that God keeps record of all the missionaries that you support from the Community Baptist Church is putting fruit. You say, what fruit? It's not an apple. It's that person that got saved and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's that congregation that's singing praises unto God. It's that Christian that is growing in their faith and is doing righteousness unto the Lord. All of that fruit in heaven is in her account. You know why? Because she simply said, I'm going to give to missions. And Apostle Paul said, I didn't desire your gift. He says, he says, I wasn't asking you to give, but I want to just tell you that gift that you gave the Faith Promise Missions is fruit that abounds to your account. And Paul was only one missionary. Just remember, we live in the United States of America, and we get to support more than one missionary. We get to support lots of missionaries, which means lots of fruit. So can I just tell you what your missions giving does? It causes that you get fruit to your account, and one day you're going to stand before God in the judgment seat of Christ, and you're either going to have fruit... I want to tell you something. I have people at the Heritage Baptist Church in Lawrence, Kansas, that when they stand before God, this is what God's going to have for them. Empty. Oh, Pastor, I just can't give the Faith Promise Missions giving. I'm just trying to tell you it's not the amount that you give. You give your tithe. You ought to give something. This is a no-brainer. Just remember, Brother O'Donnell, can you imagine if Pastor O'Donnell... Can you imagine if he deposited into your checking account on a regular basis every week $100 just to say we, he loves you? How many thinks, let's take a church vote, how many thinks we, he should do that? Say amen. amen. <laughs> just, I mean, do you understand that when you give to missions, somebody's depositing into your account on a regular basis that you cannot see with a physical eye, but God says, I've got fruit, and when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to reward you according to that fruit. I have, I have eight children, and uh, the uh, younger ones, I set up years ago a savings account for, for each of them. And uh, they, don't know what, they don't know what's in it. My youngest is 10. And then I can't tell you their ages, 10. And I think the next one's 12. The one, one just had a birthday. The next one, I think, no, I, just, I skipped one. Um, she's 15. I don't know. But they, anyway, so the ones that are home right now is between 10 and 19. And then I got another one, 10 and 19, and then I got one that's 19 away, and another one's 24. But, but my kids, I set them up an account, and uh, every once in a while, if I have a little extra money, I put it into their account, and they don't even know it, okay? And to be honest, I don't care if they use it for college. I don't care if they, honestly, I don't really have a purpose for it. It's just that I set up eight accounts, and every once in a while, I just put money into it. And can I just tell you something? That's what happens with our faith promise missions giving. You can't see it, but it's there. And one of these days, you're going to be happy that it's there. Uh, uh, 
My kids, Sharon's, uh, the youngest, Sharon, Seth, Samuel, Silas, Stephen, Stephanie, Sarah, Susanna, never name all your children with the first letter. That's stupid, all right? <laughs> I never know who I'm calling. And so Sharon, Seth, Samuel, Silas, Stephen, Stephanie, Sarah, Susanna. So my second to the last, uh, Sarah. (laughs) Sarah ball. So Sarah, she made a faith promise commitment last year. And uh, ours is about due because our mission conference is next week. And um, Sarah doesn't have a job. She's only 12 years old, okay? So I don't know what she gave, but apparently she's like $70 short uh, for this year. And so she said, Dad... Um, I need to take out of my bank account. Well, I'm the only one that puts into the bank account. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with her taking out of it because she makes a commitment. And all my kids have to tell me what their commitment is before they make their commitment because I'm not going to take a chance of making a promise to God and not keeping it. But So uh, obviously she checked me before she made it last year. And so uh, before next Wednesday, she will finish her commitment coming up for this coming year. You know Why? There's a better account for her. It's called fruit that abounds your account in heaven. All right? So what does faith promise do for us? Number one, I see that it gives us fruit to our account. All right? Number two, look at the next one here. So verse number 17 tells us fruit that abounds our account. Look at verse 18. But I have all, Apostle Paul the missionary, I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. Now let me stop for a second here. Epaphroditus was a member at the church at Philippi who brought the missionary gift to, to, to Apostle Paul. Now, today, we send money or we send gifts by, you know, we can do it all kinds of ways. We can send it through a bank. We can write a check to a mission. We can do all kinds of things. But back then, a person from the church would actually bring their gift to the missionary. Now, look what Paul says. Epaphroditus brought me a gift. Look what he says in verse number 18 again. But I have all in abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. I know this sounds crazy because I'm so naive, but for years, I thought the gift that they brought was an odor. I read that and I thought, wow, they brought, you know, Chanel number five. I don't know. I mean, they brought a fragrance, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. I don't know why, but I thought those were three different gifts that Epaphroditus brought, but that's not what it's talking about. Those are three descriptions of the same gift. It was a, I think it was a monetary gift. The the gift that the church at Philippi sent to Apostle Paul through Epaphroditus, Paul describes the gift as an odor of a sweet of an odor of a sweet smell. He says, and he's mentioned three, the three different things there. An odor of a, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Can I just tell you what Paul was saying? He said, Your mission's gift pleased the Lord. And we could go to the Old Testament, that sweet smell that would come before God whenever they would bring their sacrifices in the Old Testament. But what Apostle Paul was trying to say is, is that your mission is giving. Number one, it puts fruit to your account. Number two, what does it do? It pleases God. Did you know there's only two things in Scripture that uses the word, the word well-pleasing? One of them is a child. In fact, I think it's the book of Colossians. But he tells us as far as uh, our children being well-pleasing to the Lord... Uh, I think that's Colossians chapter number one, I think, if I remember correctly. The Bible says in Colossians 3, I'm sorry, verse 20, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Do you understand that the only other time that he says well-pleasing is in Philippians 4.18, when Apostle Paul is describing the mission's gift? How many of you would like to please the Lord this morning? Say amen. amen. Can I tell you how you please God? 
put your missions offering in and support a missionary around the world. Paul says, yes, it puts fruit to your account at the judgment seat of Christ, but it also makes God pleased with you. I don't know how you are growing up, but I, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children of their fathers. You know, growing up, you want to please your dad. You want to please your dad. You know, there's times in your, your life, if you've got children, there's sometimes your children just, they, they don't please you, and then other times they make you, they make you happy. This morning before I came, my second, third, I'm sorry, third child, uh, Sharon says Samuel. Samuel is away from home. Samuel went to college, so he's not there. And I miss him. To be honest with you, I miss him. And I'm kind of envious of Brother o- O'Donnell. His kids get to be around, and I know one of them just moved away. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, we train our children to, to serve. Sometimes they leave, sometimes they stay. But I want to just be honest with you. I miss Samuel very, very, very much. Samuel's 19 years old. And I, I mean, I don't really tell him what I'm telling you, and I know you won't either because you don't even know where he's at. But I called him this morning to say, hey, I didn't need anything, just, just want to check on you. And by the way, I, don't, I, I use an app so I know where my kids are. I, I know, I'm stalking them. I am stalking, what can I say, all right? So when I got up this morning, I turned that thing on, and I, and I see he's driving down the road. He's heading to the church where he's, where he's at. And so I know exactly where he's at. Why do you stalk? Because I'm a stalker. I want to tell you why I do that. I miss them. Can I just tell you, you're a born-again Christian. You become a child of God. You have a heavenly father. And I just want to tell you, he loves you more than you love him, but you ought to do everything you can to please him. And I want to just tell you, one of the easiest ways to please God, and to me it's easy, is, God, what do you want me to give to Faith Promise this year? And, Lord, would you please show me directly how much you want me to give? And, And, Lord, help me every week to make sure that I put that in the offering plate. And you know what? That's pretty simple. Every week I put that in, and God, God says, I'm happy with you. I'm happy with you. So what does faith promise do for me? I want to tell you what it does for me. It puts fruit in my account. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be able to have some rewards. I want to tell you what faith promise does for me. It makes God happy, pleased with me. Quickly, I'm going to give you this last one here. It's kind of interesting, too. Verse number 19, Apostle Paul says in verse number 17, fruit that abounds to your account. He says in verse number 18, makes you well-pleasing to the Lord. Verse number 19, because of your faith promise giving, look what he says. Hey, let's just say it together. This is a familiar verse. Let's read it together. Ready? Verse 19, together. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hey, by the way, that was my grandfather's favorite verse, but I have heard a lot of Christians use that verse that should not be using that verse. Did you understand that that is a promise because of somebody who gives the faith promise? That's just, oh, but my God, you know, I'm just going to trust the Lord, but my God shall supply all my need. Wait a second here. That was a promise given to the Philippian church because they had met Paul's need. You ever thought about this? The Philippian church gave out of their poverty so God could give to us out of his riches. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. How many think God's pretty rich? Say amen. Amen. He owns the cattle on every hill. He owns the wealth in every mine. He can give. He can take. God has made everything. He can take care of you. I just don't know how I'm going to meet my bills. I want to tell you how you meet your bills. But my God should supply all your needs. How does he do that? Because you give to missions. We've got this whole thing, this thing backwards because, and by the way, it's the law of opposites. If you're going to go up, you have to go down. If you're going to get, you have to give. 
It's, it's, just, it's just the law of opposites that God has placed. And he's looking to find out if God's people are going to trust him. Hey, listen, church family, if I could do it for you, I would, because there's so many people that have never done it before and you don't understand. Boy, the Heritage Baptist Church, I don't know what they give. I don't look at their tithing. I don't look at their missions. And I don't do that. I do, I've never done that. I mean, I've been there. I've been there as long as your pastor's been here. I've been there 27 years. I have never looked at a person's giving because I don't want to look at a person and wonder if they're giving or not. I don't personally, I can't handle that. I mean, I'd look at somebody that I'm thinking is a faithful member, and they're not even tithing, and I'm thinking, you stinking thief. <laughs> but, but I don't think that because I don't know. Are you all okay tonight, this morning? By the way, my dad pastored the same church for 33 years, and my dad looked at all the tithing records. And by the way, as the overseer of the church, the pastor has every right to look at your giving. And I know that might shake your faith a little bit, but he's the overseer of the church, okay? And my father said that he could always tell if a person was having a spiritual problem because they weren't tithing. He said tithing would always show if a person had a spiritual problem in their life. I'm just not spiritual enough to look at somebody's tithing record. Thank you very much for your response, all right? I appreciate that, all right? All I'm trying to say is if I could really help you this morning, I would help you give to missions because I know that when you give to missions, God supplies your needs. I, I, I know it. I know it. So this morning, are we being selfish? <laughs> I'm the one that benefits out of this missions giving. Am I being selfish? I, I give to faith promise and God says, okay, I'm putting fruit in your, I'm sorry, all the missionaries are putting fruit in your account. He says, he says, I give to missions and it makes me happy with you, pleased with you. He says, I give to missions and God says, okay, you met the missionary need, now I'm going to meet yours. Church, I don't know about you, but faith promise missions conference it's, it's not a scary time, a nervous time. Oh, they're going to talk about giving again. No, we're really talking about blessing again. That's all it is. My children are small, and, um, and my children are young. And so um, we, at our Faith Promise, I don't mind if they want to start with a dollar or two, but I want my kids to start learning Faith Promise because obviously I want that principle throughout their life because that's the, the boy, you, you can't ask for a better way to get a return or an investment or have God's blessing than just simply giving to missions. I mean, it's just, it's just the way the Lord does it. And we as Christians miss out on that because we do not give like we should be giving. So this morning, they're going to take a Faith Promise missions cards. And you know, it's not a matter of what you give or how much you give. It's a matter of if you're going to put fruit in your account. It's a matter of if you're going to please the Lord or not. It's a matter of if God's going to meet your need or not. That's really what it's about. So, yes, it is, it is kind of, we could, could be selfish, but it's not, because the apostle said this is what happens when you give to missions. So this morning, can I encourage you, Community Baptist Church as a whole and as an individual, give to missions. You can never go wrong by giving to missions. Never. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? This morning, I want to take just a few moments, and I've ended purposely early because, to me, if you're going to give a faith promise missions, you've got to know that's what the Lord wants you to give. So this morning, the invitation is really, if, you, if God hasn't shown you yet, you need to take a few moments this morning and say, God, what do you want me to give to missions? It's surely going to be a blessing and a help to you. And what is missions about? It's about getting the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Are you here this morning and you say, Pastor Hanks, I'm not for sure if I died today and go to heaven. Can I just tell you, 
We're trying to send missionaries around the world to tell them what a loss it is for us if you're sitting in this auditorium and you have any doubt in your mind. There's people at the front. If you're a man, let a man show you. If you're a lady, let a lady show you in the Bible on how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Not maybe, not hope so, not think so. Take just a few moments. Would you let somebody, if you're not saved, would you let somebody take a Bible and show you how to be saved this morning? I know this is missions conference. Christians, you're a member of the community of this church. Would you be praying? Maybe this morning you need to come bend a knee. Whatever you need to do, let's talk to the Lord this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, would you please again work in our, in our hearts, Lord, concerning what you'd have us to give individually and as, collectively as this church. Father, may we do what you want about getting the gospel to the world. And thank you again for the blessings for doing so. Help us to pray. And Lord, help us to obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pianist is playing. Would you?